Frank, from my understanding, you are an electrical engineer. Is this correct? Uh, you know, that's a sensitive subject, but I'm going to go with yes by training, not by practice for sure. Okay. So can you define electrical engineer for me in the classical term? Oh boy. Um, I suppose the fundamentals are we learn how to design circuits to accomplish certain tasks. So we learn the basics of electronics we learn the basics of quantum physics these days in order to design microprocessors. And we combine that knowledge to create things all the way from microprocessors up to robots and machinery and basic electronics throughout your car, all that stuff. Now, as an electrical engineer, does this also mean that you're an electrician? <laughs> no, not in the slightest least. Oh, man. I remember um, I'm well getting through an electrical engineering degree back in college. And then we had to take a course on how high power lines work, especially in the United States, three-phase power. And I thought I knew how electricity worked. And then we started studying that stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. And then uh, when it comes to like building your house to code as in legally <laughs> adding electronics to your house. Uh, no, they don't really teach that to you in school, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, so I always sort of lump them together I, because whenever I run into an electrical problem, the first person I go to is Frank. I go, Frank, how, how do I, what do I need to do here? Because I'm going to electrocute myself. I, all right, so the first thing that ever happened to me in electricity is the fact that I was trying to put in a smart outlet into one of the apartments I lived in. And um, I'm pretty sure that I nearly elect electrocuted myself because this person did not turn off the power. That's not smart. <laughs> uh, I, I did get zapped and, and it was it was happening. But um, when I think of, of how little I know uh, about how all of the things around me work, it kind of blows my mind, like a dimmable light bulb. I have no idea how that works, Frank. Like I, there's a lever on a switch and that light bulb goes up and down if you buy a light bulb. But I believe that even though that is like an electrician thing, I have to imagine being an electrical engineer, you know how that works. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where technically a physicist knows how everything works. They just need to kind of specialize their knowledge so they can't like give you an answer very quickly. They have to sit down and work out the solution. So in the case of, you know, house wiring, basic light bulbs and things like that, um, I don't have the experience of a skilled electrician to like give you spontaneous answers about how you should do this or how you should do that. But give me, you know, five minutes to draw a diagram and then I can give you that answer. <laughs> you know, I just have to think it through a little bit because I have to go back to basics, basically, of how the electronics are set up. It's not memorized. It's not rote. I have to calculate everything. But um, I, I love your first experience with wires. My first experience, I was... I, I was raised in a fun family and we were kind of fearless. And I remember just taking light bulbs, holding my fingers to wires on them and jamming them in the sockets in the wall. And that's how I learned how wall sockets worked and how much electricity is there. And so I figure if kids can do that, um, well, maybe kids shouldn't be doing that, but whatever. If kids can do that, then it's fine, James. You'll be fine. Um, just 
make sure someone's around you. The, the worst possibility there is if you have a pacemaker, um, that can cause problems. But if you're young and healthy, you should be fine. Little heart arrhythmia never hurt anyone. <laughs> well, I did, I did find something fascinating when it comes to not getting electrocuted. There's a tool, you probably know this, Frank, that will, um, you turn it on and you can point it or put it right next to, let's say the inside of a light switch. And it will tell you if the wire is hot or not. I don't know how that works because the thing is coated in plastic, but it blows my mind and it goes beep and it, it lights up. So you don't electrocute yourself. Ooh, this is where being an electrical engineer, I can actually explain how this works. <laughs> but I'll, I, I'll try not to bore everyone. Um, but this, uh, a lot of this has to do with um, the fact that, well, there's so much going on here, James. I, I, I'm so excited for this topic. Let's just keep talking about electricity. <laughs> well, um, it, it's called electricity, but it's actually the electromagnetic force, electromagnetic spectrum, all that stuff. Electricity and magnetism are kind of the same thing. And anytime that you have current running through something, it's generating a magnetic field. And if you create a sensor that can detect magnetic fields, which can travel through insulation, the electro, the electrical field, the electrons are stuck within inside the insulation of the wire, but the uh, magnetic field can escape. You have a sensor that can detect that magnetic field. You can tell if there's a current in the wire. That's one fun trick. How's that one? So it's not technically it's so so there's like a, a a magical field around it is what you're saying it's, it's sort of like an orb you know i'm thinking like when i played video games you would set up maybe an an audio sphere in your world so the the sound would emit emit in the sphere and there might be some overlap or whatever so there's like this magical bubble of of energy that, that this thing can pick up on yeah, yeah. It's it's you can almost think of it as magnetism and electricity are two reflection symbols perspectives of the same thing. It's just it's hard to conceptualize that one same thing and so we break it down into these two elements, but it's really fun when you start mixing them. It's how a lot of sensors work is by mixing these two uh ways that electricity exists. Uh, but there's a second thing happening also, and that's in, um, at least in America, uh, your house is flickering at 60 hertz. Power's going on, off, on, off. Well, it's not actually going on, off. It's going positive, negative, positive, negative. And that is an old, old vestige. There's a lot of reasons for it. But we picked 60 hertz because we thought that's a good speed for a motor to run. <laughs> and it's a good speed for lights to flicker. And so we settled on 60 hertz. And that's how our power goes on and off here in America. Is this also the AC versus DC conundrum? Does that 60 hertz associate with that? Because I know that those... because those we power just runs vastly different through all different parts of the world. Hence there's a different adapters everywhere, different voltage everywhere. Does that 60 Hertz also have to do with that AC DC shenanigans? Oh yeah, it absolutely does. So when we decided on AC alternating current, we did that for a few reasons. Um, there is less power loss over long distances. So you could have a power station very far away and you lose power less directly. 
Uh, there are safety reasons also where DC can, <laughs> you know, you, you, you hang on to something constantly feeding power through you. It, it, it can be damaging. So there, there's safety reasons too. But um, just because we want alternating current, we have to pick a speed. And that's a little bit arbitrary. That's why America chose 60 hertz, Europe, and a lot of the rest of the world chose 50 hertz. Um, and it's a little bit scattered, 60 hertz and 50 hertz. That's why you'll see back in the day, um, the wall adapters used to be very particular about what voltage they could handle, what frequencies they can handle. These days, we use pretty advanced um, wall warts, and they can handle a good mixture of all that. So that sort of lets you go all over the world and still just really just have an adapter. It's not even, there's nothing inside, it's just an adapter. It's like a pass-through almost just to... Yeah, if you were a kid, you could take two wires and jam it into the wall if you didn't have an adapter. But otherwise, yeah, go buy the $5 adapter. <laughs> gotcha. Now, there's another thing I want to talk about here about how electricity works. And a lot of this um, is because I've been attempting to figure out different smart switches and 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 lights and stuff and understanding like even in, in our apartment right now, I just have like Hughes stuff, but I, I'm trying to go through this um, this theory of like, how does the wall work? What are the different smart, you know, th switches that are out in the world? And, and how does that work with my actual setup here in, in the apartment? And um, the fascinating part is I've learned something about light switches, Frank. Um, and, that, and this is this is really what we're, we're talking about electricity, by the way, people on this podcast. And if you don't want to hear about electricity, then I don't care because this is what's happening in the world of Frank and James right now. Um, <laughs> Home because, improvement. IoT light, home improvement. <laughs> yeah. So light switches are fascinating. This is what I'm learning. Uh, they oh. It sort of blew my mind. Did you know that there are two different kinds of light switches? There's either a single pole or a three-way light switch, and they're completely different and the same all at the same time, Frank. Yeah, and you're you're leaving off dimming also, right? Yes, so that, and dimming. Throw that into the mix, Yeah. Yeah, it gets complicated. This is where the um, the electrician in me starts to fail. I'm like, okay, I can draw you diagrams of how these things should work. Single pull, single throw. That's actually something we use in electronics. That's your most um, basic switch where um, you can think of two wires and the switch either connects them or disconnects them on off. Single pull, as in one little, <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter. Single pulse, single throw, meaning one switch, one little lever. So that's your most basic, wonderful switch. If only life was all single pulse, single throw that's switches. Like, that's like all of our electronics that I'm thinking about, right? Is like when I turn on my Nintendo Switch, like I press a button or I, I flip I flip something on on my computer or or your you know drone for instance you you know you flip on a you flip on a thing and now it's it's sign of a single pole it, it's a, a single throw it, that's literally making a circuit happen or not happen yes exactly yep that's your that that's the that's the nice switch that's your basic wall switch and those are easy to figure out because you can conceptualize them pretty easily other switches get more complicated. So in electronics, we would call this the next one up on the difficulty list would be a single pole double throw. And this one is for connecting two different circuits together. There's different ways to conceptualize it, but um, it would have three pins on it. And in one position, um, 
two of the pins would be connected. In another position, another two of the pins would be connected. The other two pins would be connected. Um, whatever, I said that wrong because there's only three pins. But you can imagine one common pin and then you're alternating between the other two pins. That is your single pull double throw. And I think that that's what you mean by your other switch. Tell me the properties of the switch you mentioned. Well, there's the three-way you mean? Yes, sir. So there's a three-way and even a four-way. So here is a three-way because I've grown up for 33 years of my life, Frank, and I never knew how any of this worked, and it blows my mind. (laughs) Enlighten all of us, James. (laughs) So three-way, we've all used it. You can imagine you're in a hallway. Great example. You're in a hallway, and there's a light in the middle of the hallway. So picture this. In fact, maybe look at your hallway. (laughs) You're in a hallway. There's a light in the middle, and there are two light switches, one on each end of the hallway. Now, those light switches work in harmony. When you flip one, it turns it on. If you flip the other one, it turns it off. It doesn't change the other one. So there's, it's like the inverse of, of the other one. So like when you turn on one, you can turn off that one or you can turn it off in the other way. But the ups and downs don't necessarily mean on off. They're an indeterminate state because the on off is determined by the state of the other switch. Does that make sense? It sounds to me like you have a bad electrician. That sounds no. absolutely terrible. Well, here, answer me one question, just for clarity. Um, is there a physical indication on these switches? Like, are they physically in a position or are they momentary switches? No, they're, they're physical. They're physical. Okay, so you can get into that awkward state where one switch is up, one switch is down, but the lights are on. Correct. I hate that. I hate that. I had that as a child. And I would just complain to my dad. I'm like, can we please fix the switches? This should be an invalid state. (laughs) It really should be. Yeah, it's crazy. And then then there's the four-way switch. And a four-way switch allows you to do that, but up to three, which even gets even even crazier. And and it doesn't make a lot of sense because when you think of three-way, you would think that there's like three switches, but no, it's only two switches. And the light bulb is really the third way of handling it. And and how that works is there's like a traveling wire that connects to the other one to sort of give Mm -hmm. it the state. So the other switch is sort of aware in a way of the other one and and flips flips it on and off. It's it's very crazy. So this sounds fine, but if it was my house, I would have to do momentary buttons for these switches then so that they're not locked into those physical positions because it would drive me nuts to see a down switch but a light on (laughs) i just i can't handle that (laughs) so um i can handle because i do iot stuff a light switch up and the light off because i'm like ah the light's just choosing to be off for the moment (laughs) but it could be on if it wanted to be but if it's down it should be off so momentary switches And those are good because a lot of the IoT wall uh, uh, switches, buttons, are that. They're momentary. So you just press it down, you press it up. Up means on, down means off. Simple. Life is good. Yeah. And and to me, light switches shouldn't shouldn't even have an on-off state. I think you're right. To me, it's just do the inverse of whatever is currently happening because I can see if the light's on or off. Like, I don't understand why we live in this... this, constrained system in which there is an up and down like why is there even a state i know it's visual and it's probably important in that regard but it kind of blows the mind because if 90 percent of of the apartment is an on off switch where there's a physical on 
physical off because it's a single pole, but then you have these magical three ways, then all of a sudden now, now, now everything's thrown out the window because who knows, right? It, you know, it, it, it's, it's even not even helpful at that point. Oh, uh, you're, you're giving me a Kickstarter idea, dude. We should make a switch that's tied to the state of the light bulb. Not tied to the state of the other switches, just tied to the state of the light bulb. Because that's what you want in the hall. You just want to have, it's a very long hallway, five different switches that all affect the same set of lights. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, so you just want those tied to the light bulb, not tied to each other. So that is kind of old tech, tying the switches together instead of tying them to the bulb itself. Yeah. Get into that weird thing of up and down buttons. I, <laughs> I'm i so pathetic. I complain about so many things, right? I go to my parents' house and they have a um, one of those panels with like eight switches on it. And they're like, oh, haven't you memorized it yet? The second one over is for that light. The third one over is for that light. The fifth one over is for that light. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. It all should just be uh, IoT with cutesy names like I have. It's very true. Yeah, it makes it very complicated. You see just like all these ones like pop up, pop up, pop. Uh, now, let me ask you, because we did kick this off by dimmer. Here's how I think dimmers work. And here's how I've pitched this to Heather in the past where I was trying to figure out how a dimmer work. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is how it works, but I'm pretty sure I could be wrong is here's my here's my understanding. And and this is what I thought for 33 years. And I hope I'm correct because I could be wrong. My thought is that how the dimmer works is that it is manipulating the way, maybe not the wavelength, but the power throughput. So it's literally modulating the power through it. So I don't know how many, let's say it's 40 Watts. It's literally adjusting the power that is sent to said light bulb. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. it, it would kind of have to be because, yeah, the more power you give to a light bulb, the brighter it gets until it explodes. You know, there's limits. Um, <laughs> um, but the question becomes, OK, how do you change the power then? And I think that there's basically two. Uh, there's so many solutions to this problem. You can even do this with um, transistors these days. But I think in like cheap home electronics, they do it differently. Um the first way, and this is terrible, you're going to hate this, but some people just put a resistor uh, in the light, a variable resistor, mm. and that resistor is eating up a lot of the power. It's converting that electrical power into heat, turns out, <laughs> so mm. it can get warm a little bit, but because it's absorbing that power, that the rest of the power doesn't get to the light bulb itself. Simple. Elegant. Huh. Can't really complain about it uh that's what we used for years <laughs> many 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 years because no one really cared about efficiency it's like well it gets a little warm that's nice you know who doesn't mind warm especially because everyone was using 100 watt light bulbs who cared if there was a resistor eating 50 watts as long as it didn't get too hot and cause a fire or anything yeah yeah huh but but now, there's different levels you can get to here um, with modern electronics like um, transistors. You can do um, power conversions also. You can build amplifiers, even though usually we use the term amplifier to mean making a signal bigger. In this case, you can use it to make the signal smaller. So that would be 
a very fancy modern way to do it. But there's an even simpler way to do that using something. Well, I don't even know about simpler. I was trying to like rank these in simplicity and all that. And I'm, I'm finding my hierarchy is not working very good. But let me tell you about the last one. I can think of a transformer. Have you heard of a transformer? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it transforms things like uh, robots into yeah. from from like a car from into a... being in disguise to not being in disguise, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, transformers are used to convert electrical power from uh, one level to another. And they take advantage of that wonderful magnetic field that I was talking about before. Mm. A transformer is two coils two copper coils you must have seen you must have taken apart um some electronics before and saw a bunch of copper wires coiled together of course yes yes look like that a spring is... like a little spring in a way oh yeah yeah that one might have been an inductor oh. so what a transformer is is two inductors right by each other now get this this is the fun crazy part about how a transformer works okay so imagine um, you have two coils. Uh, both coils have, you know, two ends to them. Uh, so one on the left, one on the right. So four total little points. We'll call the left-hand one the input, and we'll call the right-hand one the output. So to the left-hand coil, I connect whatever power I want. Let's say power from the wall, from the, from the street, from the power station, you know. Okay. Lots of volts, 110 volts, 60 hertz. But I want my light bulb to be dimmer. <laughs> um, like I said before, that uh, current going through that coil is going to produce a magnetic field. Here's what's fun. The two coils are so close to each other that that magnetic field causes another magnetic field to form in the other coil. They're so close, they're like magnets. One magnet's inducing a magnetic field in the other one. Mm. crazy okay mm -hmm. but here's the crazier part where there's a magnetic field there has to be current so that magnetic field ends up generating current on the other side and just by how closely aligned these two coils are to each other you can change how much power is going from one side to the other because they're magnetically coupled with each other wow that is that's crazy because you kind of it's, it's it's almost like how yeah ma how magnets work when you get magnets too close just the, there's a, the energy in between them so you're saying like these two electrical coils based on that are able to make the adjustments yeah so they're they're you could think of it in your head as converting electrical power to magnetic power and back to electrical power but really to the physical world they're all the same thing and they're just inducing each other the fun fact about this one is this is how electricity was first discovered we first dis uh, discovered the generator the backwards motor instead of applying electricity and getting a spinner we would just spin it and we would get electricity <laughs> and that that is two coils next to each other one more time um, or you're inducing a magnetic field, whatever. You're trying to build a magnetic field somehow. Where there's a magnetic field, there has to be electrical current. They can't exist without each other. Except in a permanent magnet. That's complicated. Go to college. <laughs> <laughs> Go to college for that. Uh, or read a book. You can read a book. You don't have to go to college. Yeah, you can read a book. Yeah. There's, a, there's yeah. books for that. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's, and that's what, this is what's amazing, by the way, is that that happens every single day inside of our walls constantly all everywhere 
there's so so much electricity going yeah. through a wall. It's it's and it's all it's, these are like I have never sat down for 25 minutes to think about how any or as no one explained this to me how this worked right i mean many people are listening like <laughs> i know how electricity works james duh and, but i mean i guess i never really thought about it because you just flip a switch and it just turns on there's no um you know rational behind it now when i when i went to school back in my day <laughs> we had a fun electrical engineering science class it was more in science but it was around electrical engineering what you would do is you would take a battery frank Ooh, and you would take I a like battery you take a battery and and and, ba- and batteries have a um some different ends to them there's like a positive and a negative sign i don't know if you know that mm, i've seen it i've seen i've seen the plus i assumed yeah. yeah and there must be a negative on the other side so what we would do is we would take a a light bulb um that was there and you could there was something that you hook these wires to, I think it's to the battery and you kind of create a gate. There's like a gate in between. You could sort of open the lever and close the lever to signify a light switch. And you would create that in class. And if I go back in time, I think it was like a light bulb that was sort of drilled into a piece of wood and, a you know, screwed in. And then there was the two wires that would go into uh, the light bulb. And this was, it must have been like fourth grade, fifth grade, something like that. And that that was the extent, I believe, of of how electricity was taught to me, that there was like a little thing. (laughs) So we actually did. If if I go back now, having digested this, if I go back to 10 year old James, I mean, I guess I did learn how a light switch worked. I must have. But it it, it wasn't explained. in here's a single pole. Here's this. It was more like, here's these wires, right? Oh, connect these wires to a, a battery and boom, it works. Yeah, it's I. You know, I was surrounded by electricity my whole childhood. Um, Aren't we all, Frank? Aren't we all, technically? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, got me there, James. (laughs) Um, When you were talking about your light bulb, though, I was thinking my grandfather used to test his batteries with a little tiny light bulb with these two tiny wires hanging off of it, a very well homemade contraption. And that's all I was thinking about when you are talking about that. I was surrounded by that kind of electricity. My father is actually a full-on electrician. He is, in fact, a journeyman electrician, which is about the highest rating you can get as an electrician. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, you would think I would get a lot from osmosis, but it's really complicated for a young person to absorb all that stuff. And so I picked up quite a bit from him, um, especially when I was jamming wires into the walls. He would explain that that's not safe and to like... He would actually like give us a uh, give me a soldering iron, so I would try to build better attachments to uh, safely connect to the wall and all that stuff. But like you, I didn't understand really what was going on, and honestly, I didn't until I took a circuits class in college because um, you can pick up a lot, but. And, you know, that class was hard. <laughs> I almost I almost dropped that degree after that class. I was like, oh, my God, I don't ever want to touch a circuit ever again. Man, if there's only some sort of application that was out there that would teach you how <laughs> you could connect multiple like wires kind of together and to form circuits and kind of sketch this out. I mean, yeah. that's probably a million million dollar idea. <laughs> hmm. that's funny that's funny 
Uh, so you're obviously talking about Eye Circuit. And funnily <laughs> enough, um, I've gotten requests from people saying, hey, this is a good app for electrical engineers, but this isn't a great app for electricians who want a whole different way to kind of draw their circuits and con conceptualize things and plan things. And I'm like, yeah, that is kind of like a whole different app, even though fundamentally it's all the same physics, it's all the same theory. Um, it's, it's a different industry, you know, it's a different profession, a different specialization. Yeah. You know, what would be cool. Here's an app idea for you, Frank. And um, only you could pull this off because you already, you've already written it. Cause you, you're right. Like it, it's a special flavor of this. What if you took eye circuit and called it eye electrician? And then what you did is what if you could like map out your house or your apartment? And what you could do is you would have the single pole, three way, four way outlets, light bulbs. And what you could do is you could like map and like wire your house because when you move into an apartment or to a house, you have no idea how that thing is wired. I mean, in general, like everything's crazy. You're yeah. just flipping on and off switches, right? Imagine you could assign what circuit breaker this light is on. Cause I was, I was poking around in the apartment looking at different smart light switches and stuff. And I was flipping circuit breakers in the apartment and mm -hmm. inside just the kitchen, there were three, there was two switches side by side. And another outlet next to it, all three were on different circuit breakers. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, boggling. Boggled mind. Mind boggled. And then you bring in switches and outlets into it. You know, like there could be two or four outlets in a little housing. And mm -hmm. who knows how it's wired? Honestly, you just hope you had a good electrician and they pick something <laughs> vaguely intuitive. But it could be random. They could all be on different breakers. They could all be on different switches. So mapping um, an existing house is a real pain. I love this app idea. I'm working on an app right now. We're going to finish that. And then you and I are going to work on this one. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Yeah. There we go. Electricity 101. Frank teaches James electricity. Well, I don't think I did. <laughs> if my father was listening to this episode, he's like, he didn't mention anything important. Oh, here's a fun factoid. I'll tell you something important I learned. Okay. Uh, this is code. This is code. In America, we have the little, the little face for our electrical outlets, the two vertical slots, and then the little mouth. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Did you know that the mouth is supposed to go on the top? No. Yes. Really? To code, baby. Yep. At least New York code. I don't know everyone's wow. code. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that is your earth ground. That is yeah. the thing that is always supposed to be safe. And the theory is that if something fell along the wall that happened to be metallic, say a knife, or I don't know, think Victorian problems. And <laughs> if that fell down, if the two things on top, those actually have power going to them. If you arc those two things, fire. So you put the mouth at the top. There's your PSA for today. Wow. We didn't even talk about GFCIs either. So that's good because I don't day. know what that word means. Is that oh. is that the safety circuit? Is that the that breaker? is the safety circuit? Yes, that's yeah. the electrical incident ground fault circuit interrupters. Obviously, <laughs> come on, Frank. Well, I know what career I'm not going to be able to do. I'm assuming I could read a book and get caught up on this electrician stuff. <laughs>
That was like the yeah. I, when we moved into an apartment building, it was brand new, and the GFCI, which is yeah, ground fault circuit interrupters. These are the ones that are like outside or they're by yeah. water, usually. <laughs> okay. Um, these are in your bathrooms, in your kitchens, in your laundry rooms. It was tripped and they had to have an electrician come out and and, and replace it and reset it or oh. whatever. And something was wrong. It was a brand new building and it was just, yeah, completely messed up. So. Yeah. New buildings. They take time to shake out. My poor father, he used to have the most amazing stories of, you know, someone just built a house and they're there basically redoing all the wiring because mm-hmm. the contractor made some weird decisions. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even well, you know, what's the old what's the old electrical electrical wire that's in all these uh, Seattle houses? Um, pull pull in wire, pull in. Oh, yeah. What? A, it's tab like fabric knob and tube, knob and tube, yeah. knob and tube. Oh, it's gross. Uh, God, that's just a fire. It, it's probably covered in asbestos, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Last thing before we get out of here. Fun fact. Are you ready for this? Mm. Now, a GFCI. I learned this. This is through my this is through my kitchen research. The GFCI, you, you let's say you have two outlets in your bathroom. One's a GFCI and the other one's not. And you mm-hmm. might be thinking to yourself, why are these both the GFCIs? Did you know that if one GFCI outlet is connected to another outlet, then magically they're both GFCI. So like if the non-GFCI is tripped, it'll trip it because it's connected to a GFCI. That's crazy. Ah, okay. So in electricity, we'd say they're series connected. So when one breaks the circuit, it disconnects the other from the circuit. That's neat. Yeah, usually you do things in parallel. So if you blow one thing, you don't blow everything else. But I could see the benefits of doing it in series in a bathroom. Well, there you go, Merge Conflict listeners. You just learned about electricity, outlets, and light switches. I hope you enjoyed this podcast because I know I did, (laughs) Frank. (laughs) I honestly somehow have cleansed myself from a week long of intense coding. And now this feels good. This feels good. Yeah, (laughs) I got... I got to talk about induced electromotive force. I mean, who doesn't love that? Made your weekend, that's for sure. So Mutual inductance, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to hear more about electricity, go to mergeconflict.fm because there'll at least be this podcast there. Or also our cool IoT episodes. Give those a look as well because they're all sort of related in a way. And if you're doing some remodeling in your house, let us know. Write into us. Go to mergeconflict.fm or hit us up on Twitter at James Montemagno, at Proclarum or at Merge Conflict FM. So until next time, this has been another Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>